What's up, everybody? This is Fred Bracciani of TSC News. On this special Thanksgiving edition of TSC, we're going to look back at Bellator 253, headlined by the Phenom 17-0 AJ McKee, advancing to the finals of the featherweight title tournament. Plus, we'll hear from Bellator MMA president Scott Coker about the company's future. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this MMA edition of TSC. It's on the win, man. I mean, that was pretty incredible. I, I, I'm not sure a lot of us have really seen something like that. Is that something that you practice specifically? coming into this fight that submission um i don't know honestly it's just like yeah i guess i pulled it off a lot um i can't give up my game but uh i got a lot of a lot of things that i work on that i don't really get to expose in a cage so uh man front headlocks are my that's bread and butter for me so that's just part of my series i i would suppose you know um Something I've been doing since I was a kid, wrestling, front headlocks, and so forth. I said, I don't mind getting taken down. I wasn't even going to try to defend the takedown. So once he hit it, you know, all right, adjust, and let's figure out where we're going to move from there. A lot of people are saying that that might be the submission of the year when all said and done. Uh, do you feel like that that's, that's an accurate uh, accolade? Why not, man? I, I thought I was going to get it last year with that crazy armbar triangle I fell into, but nah. So far, yeah. I, I, I appreciate all the support. If, you know, they want to add accolades and, and keep – building that plateau of, of greatness for me, man. That's, that's what I'm grateful for, you know what I mean? It's the stats for me. It's being the best of the best, you know? Kobe had how many threes, how many this, you know what I mean? So for me, it's the stats. How many finishes, how many are in the first round? I think, what, that's 12 finishes, not 10 in the first round now? So uh, for me, it's all stats, man. I, I'm all about the stats, and I'm going to keep finishing. My, you go back, check interviews, beginning of the tournament. I said I'm going four for four, all finishes. Yeah, and that, that's another thing is how amazing – this feat is, that was a former champion, you know, that wasn't just some, some guy. So uh, were you surprised? Did you surprise yourself at how quickly you, could, you, you took him out of there? Nah, once I had the underhook, I was like, oh, I got it. You know what I mean? Like, I had it deep, you know. At, at first, his game plan kind of threw me off. I knew he, once he got on top, he went inside control. So he was looking for the, uh, the elbows. And that's why I was trying to move with him a little bit. And then I, I wanted him to open up, go into his normal position, a bad position. Um, head on the side is a bad position for somebody that knows jujitsu. So uh, for for me, you know, I just made him uncomfortable a little bit, couple elbows, couple punches, soften him up, and uh, he did what he normally does, you know. So I just I found an opening, like I said I was going to do. We talked about this a little bit before the fight, but uh, you don't know who you're fighting from the other side of the bracket yet. But it's going to be one of two guys: Emmanuel Sanchez or Patricio. Uh, <laughs> You don't, you don't care either nah, one? Nah, bro. I'm, I'm ready. Yeah. You know what I mean? This you, is a new era, new wave coming from all. Um, the timeline for that, it sounds like uh, when I That's talk my to, problem. to Scott Coker, it, it sounds like the finals probably won't come to at least April. Is that, is that difficult for you to, to have to sit out for that long again? Another birthday cut and wait. Fruitcake it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, man. It's a million dollars. I get to go home, hang out with my family, my little brother, and... Uh, I'm not hurt, you know what I mean? No, no injuries, so uh, we'll, we'll see, you know? Scott's done a great job building me. He's worked with my father by his side, and they've done a great, a great job as a team, you know? They're building a superstar, and they, they now see it, you know? At first, I wasn't ready, you know? I was going through a lot of life issues, problems, and just felt like I wasn't getting the recognition I deserve while other people are getting blown the hell up, you know what I mean? So once I just learned to let things take their course, you know what I mean? Leave it in God's hand. Everything's just continue to plateau and get better and better and better. So that's just my main focus. Go back in the gym, get better mentally, physically, and continue to get better inside and outside of the cage. 
last one for me. Do you feel like you're getting that recognition finally? Yeah. McKees are legendary. This is the key right here. This is the key to the game. And I got it on lock. 45, 55. Might jump up to 170 at the end of my career. But uh, we'll see, man. Honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. It, it. it doesn't matter who they put in front of me. I'm, I'm ready. You know what I mean? Thanks, man. Anytime. All right, we'll take a few more from the media joining us virtually tonight. Jay? Uh, congrats on the win, AJ. Really impressive tonight. Just a couple uh, from me. Real quick, I know you said you don't care who uh, you face in the finale. Who do you think you'll face in the finale? Who do you see winning that fight? So the first fight, if I'm going off the first fight, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm big on tape. I'm big on fighters and watching because not a lot of guys evolve. You know what I mean? So Manuel Sanchez puts out a lot of repetition but like I said he's a pillow puncher he ain't got no power so if if Patricio touches his chin it's going to be a problem but his volume can outdo Patricio and that's what we saw the first fight between them that volume was hard for him to handle now so if Patricio steps in front of me he's going to have that volume with power that's a nightmare if Emmanuel Sanchez steps in front of me I've already psychologically destroyed that man we were supposed to fight he's ran from me he's I I, I I'm waiting for him to get in the cage with me. You know what I mean? He's already ducked me once. Then he ducked the other side of the tournament. I'm not tripping. You know what I mean? It's between these guys. They got to battle it out now. And whatever their course is, then when they step in my course, that's when it comes to a halt and an end. And just one more for me. I mean, Aaron Pico recently left Team Body Shop. He's moved down to uh, New Mexico doing the Jackson Wink thing. And you've been pretty adamant that uh, you weren't going to fight him it looks like you could have the title just as he's kind of really coming into his own and, and putting on a good streak and having an argument for a shot, perhaps. Are you still adamant that you're not going to throw down with him? Like I said, we both need 100 mil and we'll talk about it. And I know y'all ain't coughing up bread like that in MMA, so. Loyalty is royalty. Even though he left, man, that's still my boy. You know what I mean? It's childhood friend. Probably entertainment. That's my boy. You know what I mean? Um... It's business. Yeah, understood. You know, there, there was things personally that I know that were going on. I'm not going to expose his life, you know what I mean, and the reasons why he left. But it is what it is. You know, that's still my boy. He knows what it is. Santiago. Hi, AJ. Greetings from Amsterdam and congratulations on a beautiful performance. That was spectacular. What an amazing main card for Team Body Shop. First, it was Joey Davis with a dominant performance. And then you score a beautiful first round submission. How proud do you think your father is after such an amazing night? Um, he's always proud, man. Win or lose, you know what I mean? He, he knows I'm going to go in there and give it my all. He knows Joey's going to do the same. He knows that's what he's just raised us on, you know what I mean? That's what we're built off of. Pain is your friend. It lets you know you're still alive. Like, those are some deep words, but if you think about it for the game we're in, that's reality, man. So, like, Muhammad Ali once said something. He said... Uh, he said when he does sit-ups, he doesn't begin counting until the pain starts. Once he feels pain, that's when he begins to count because that's when the real hard work comes in. That's when the true you shows up, you know, and that's when I show up and show out. That's deep, man. And then last thing for me, AJ, that Snickers looks so tasty. What have Snickers done for you in your career? Because you are rocking that sponsor for a very long time now, right? <laughs> I'm not sponsored by him, but... Uh... Man, I'm like I said, I'm the new age, the new wave era. I'm looking to do big things. Snickers, Nike, Undefeated, it don't matter. You know what I mean? Undefeated's LA brand. We're going to get that. I've already spoke with the owner. We just got to set up a strategic plan and how to do things, you know? Um, Snickers, they're all NFL. It's pro football. Um, 
I'll be I'll cross them over. They see it. They like it. And if they don't, they will. Because guess what? I'm satisfying and so is stickers. <laughs> Keith Schilling. Hey, AJ, it's Keith Schilling from SureDog. So everyone's going crazy right now on Twitter. You're blowing up. That said, it wasn't that long ago. You were 22, 23. You had this slow journey up the ranks. And people were very critical of that, saying, oh, he's padding record. He's beating cans. What do you think, you know, these moments where you've, you're running through stars like Darren Caldwell, what do you think these moments talk about that slow journey and the progress you went up the ranks? All my fans, man, the people that have held it down since day one, I thank y'all. I appreciate y'all. Y'all the truest. Like, y'all the reason why I'm here. And to all y'all haters that were haters, all I got to say is I told your ass so. Go hit that damn follow <laughs> button now if you don't follow me, you hater. Well, I still appreciate your hate and support. <laughs> AJ, I think you're going to get a whole bunch of followers, which actually is a perfect lead into my next question. A couple of weeks ago, I was standing at Mohegan Sun. I was talking to a, a PR guy for Bellathon. I'm not going to mention his name, but we were talking about, you know, in MMA, you need to build stars and who could be the next guy to build stars. You mentioned Kobe Bryant. You mentioned Snickers. You know, you think about some of the people in MMA, Conor McGregor, Ronda Rousey. Nobody in Bellator has reached that stardom. And I say, like, AJ could be that guy. Do you think this performance is like that springboard where like everybody's going crazy right now about you? Um, hopefully, man. Uh, I put a lot of hard work into this. You know, I dropped out of college. I just knew my calling. I knew what I wanted to do. And uh, man, my dad's literally put everything into me. He put his life on halt, completely on hold to invest and put all his time into me. So I get why he was so pissed off at me early on in my career, just acting dumb, smoking weed, just just being a young, dumb kid. You know what I mean? When when you have the potential that I have to be as great as that I am and I'm continuing to get better at, um, I'm starting to see things in myself and, and fix and change things. So um, that's, that's key, man. There's always a lesson to learn. Even in this fight, I'm going to go home and I'm going to find a lesson in this fight to learn from it. You know what I mean? And, and that's how you continue to be better. Win or lose, there's always a lesson, and that, that's key. All right, we'll take one or two more here. Donna? Hey, AJ, congratulations on, on just an incredible performance. A lot of people asking on Twitter, what do you call this submission? I don't know. What would you call my last <laughs> submission? We'll just start calling them the Mercs because the Mercs are American people with them. <laughs> the great Luke Thomas called it the Makiatine. Makiatine, I like that. <laughs> hey, shout out to whoever came up with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> talk to me about Darian Caldwell as an opponent. I mean, you, you weren't in there for a great amount of time with him, but he is something of a of, of a legend in Bellator, something of, of one of the, the, the great Bellator fighters. Uh, a word yeah. on, on his performance. Man, he's a great champ, you know. I'd love to train with him. I'd love to get him to... Uh, Come over and evolve, man. We're all about evolving, you know, as people, as a world. It's all about evolving. So uh, he's a great champ. But like I've always said, this is my division. He's a great 35 champ. I think he can go be the 35 champ again. Okay, he go beat up Archuleta right now. You know what I mean? First fight back. It is what it is. Nothing against Archuleta. I think the wrestling is superior. Cardwell has wrestling that's superior. But I have the mix of all martial arts. And that's what this sport is about. Sean? 
Uh, congratulations on the win, AJ. You know, when we last talked at Belter 221, that was a long time in Chicago. You know, three straight big finishes. Like, you know, talk about, you know, not only putting the work and the effort in, but, you know, how much would it be into you to make an ESPN top play? We've seen, uh, you know, other promotions, not one, ones that are not UFC, get the ESPN top play. So how would you like to make that that list tonight? Man, I love it. That, that'd be awesome. Uh, that's that's those are dreams, dude. Those are things like as a kid that I used to watch as like watching WWE, watching Michael Vick and all these guys doing crazy ass plays and just making big moves. Oh, on ESPN, like, oh, that dude's official. That's a goat. That's he's the truth. You know what I mean? So it, it's a blessing, man, just to be able to see my hard work paying off and uh, get the recognition, not just from regular people, but from high end uh, sport officials. You know what I mean? Final question here, Nolan. Um, while I was sitting over there, I was going through Twitter, and Patricio Pitbull just tweeted something about your fight. Uh, he said, guy that loves to get guillotined after controlling fights leaves his neck exposed after starting to gain control of the fight. Great I fight IQ. And the other fool dared to say I chose the easiest bracket. Do you have any sort of response to that? I can't wait to beat his ass, honestly. It's long overdue. Um, he takes it personal, but it's nothing personal. Like I've said, he's had a great career, but the new era is here. 45-50 on title. I want him back-to-back, -back, period. All right, we are now being joined by Scott Coker. Have you seen a submission like that before? You know, I, I never have seen a submission like that. The, uh, they call, the new name is the Makia team. That's the first time for me. I, I mean, I've seen a lot of different cranks, in it, but it, was, it took me a second to figure it out. And I was talking to John McCarthy after. I said, John, did you see it coming? He said, I saw it coming. But I said, Josh Thompson, did you see it coming? He said, no, I, I didn't see it develop. So... Very slick move, man. Very, very slick move against a, a seasoned veteran that's, you know, our former champ, fought, been fighting for a long time. And uh, hats off to McKee. When we talked the other day, you talked about going into a community center in California where you first met AJ. Is, is it kind of crazy as a promoter to sit up there now where you are and, and, and have a, a guy like him as your finalist? You know what? Um, something we're very proud of. I mean, I, you're right. AJ was a kid. I walked into a youth rec center in Orange County to see Rampage Jackson, actually. And AJ was there fighting the main event. His father was there. And AJ had a great, great win. He had a great submission, I think, that night and, and won by submission. And, and he was an amateur fighter at that point. And, um, you know, we had a nice chat after. And I said, this guy, this guy's got something. He's got a little bit of swagger. Now he's got a lot of swagger. But uh, he's been doing great. And, and it just goes back to, look, I think that's something we're very good at, better than anybody else, is star identification and star building. And now these kids are at the point where they can fight anybody. And, and now he's fighting for a million dollars, you know, against the winner of Sanchez Pitbull. So a lot riding on the line. And uh, I know that uh, everybody's going to ask me, and I might as well just bring it up. Time frame. Look, I want to get that other fight done end of January. And then for maybe February, end of March, we'll, we'll, we'll try to get this fight on, to get the finals on. In the co-main event, um, Jason Jackson kind of emerging as a, another contender that you have at the tippity top of your welterweight division. Uh, what did you think of his performance and win over Benson Henderson? Yeah, I mean, you know, he did what he had to do. And um, I think he had a dominant performance, in, in my opinion. And I always said I think Benson is going to have his hands full in this fight because you can see the size difference. The minute they stepped into the cage, I can see a difference in the size. And I said, you know, he's going to fight an uphill battle now because – you know, Benson's really a 155er, right? He took this fight almost as a favor for us because, you know, Lorenz Larkin was supposed to fight. And he, he got injured. Something happened. He couldn't fight. Benson stepped in on 30-day notice to take this fight. 
So I, I know he likes fighting at 170, but I think we're, ha- we're going to have a conversation with him about staying at 55 because I think he's still a great fighter. I think he's tough. I think he's still got some gas left in the tank. We just got to give him the right opportunity. Yeah, so safe, safe to say back to 155. Yeah. That, that's my vote, right? 170 for him is too big, I feel, and it's, everything's going to be an uphill battle for him. Not that 155 won't, but at least the cards are the same, and it's, and it's not stacked against him at that point. Appreciate it. Keith Schillen. Hey, Scott. Congratulations on an absolutely wonderful event tonight. Uh, my, my first question, similar to what I just asked AJ, you know, you ran Strikeforce. You, know, you had Ronda Rousey come up the ranks. You probably saw some unbelievable star potential in her. She became probably bigger than the sport itself. Do you see that in AJ? And what do you have to do as a promoter to make him, you know, grow as a star? You know what? I'll tell you, I've been in this business a long time and there's not any one formula to it. Either they have the swagger or they don't. Either they have that X factor or they don't. It doesn't mean they're not a great fighter. There's a lot of great fighters, but to be that, you know, cultural icon that, um, let's say, for instance, Kimbo Slice, right? Here's a guy that had all those backyard fights and people loved him, right? And he, and he, he had that X factor. People wanted to be around this guy. AJ is the same way. People want to be around this guy. You know, there's certain people that just people gravitate to. Ronda Rousey was was one of the one of the people that you know we had fighting strike force that people gravitate. But you know what? Again, going back to star identification, star builder. You know, we have so many great young blue chip prospects in this league now, and we're starting to develop them and nurture them and see them grow. And uh, and I think that you know what it takes time. I mean, look how long it took AJ like five years to get to this point, right? Almost six years. So, you know, to his advantage, he was, you know, I think he was like 17 or 18 when we first started talking to him. And, um, you know, we're going to be out there, keep looking for the new prospects uh, and sign some free agents from time to time like we did with Corey Anderson. But as far as developing him from ground zero in Bellator to becoming a world-class level, AJ is the first one that I say that we had developed to that point. And now he's ready to fight anybody. And he's told you that himself. So um, based on his performance, you know, he, he deserves it. And he's fighting for a million dollars against the winner of Pitbull Sanchez, which is going to be another great fight. And that's why I love these tournaments because, you know, tournaments build stars. And, per, and tournaments really challenge yourself and test yourself. So uh, hopefully we'll have a couple of dates for you guys here in the, in the near future. And uh, we'll let these guys get it on. Scott, speaking of stars, you love signing legends. You love signing stars. A really big legend is in the headlines today. Anderson Silver was released from the UFC. He might retire, but he's also a free agent right now. Do you have any interest in bringing Anderson Silver into Bellator? You know, that seems like to be a common question today that uh, I've answered. But, you know, at the end of the day, look, I have a lot of respect for him. He's one of my favorite fighters of all time. He's, I think, one of the greatest fighters in the history of the sport. And, um, you know, I give my hats off to him, man. He had a great career. And he might continue to fight and, you know, continue to, you know, uh, compete. But I really love our roster. I love the things that we're doing here. I love the direction of the company. And that's what we're going to stay focused on. Giancarlo? Hi, Scott. Uh, Great event tonight. Uh, You brought up there about the Grand Prix building stars. And uh, you spoke in the past about wanting to do a women's Grand Prix. Is uh, that still the plan? And 
Uh, just seeing of uh, the star making performance by AJ McKee, would you be uh, opposed to doing more than one Grand Prix in a year? I really like doing one Grand Prix at a time. You know, I mean, that's what I think should happen. I mean, it's like I can't, it kind of goes back to my roots when I was working for K1. They had a whole K1 tournament for the whole year. And then at the end, they had a Grand Prix finals. And I think for a weight class, that's it deserves to have that, you know, that uh, finale with one one champion and one tournament final and, you know, one big, big event. And that's really what we've been doing. So um, could they overlap? I'd really like to see them not overlap. Um, but, you know, we we do getting back to the question about 125 pound female division and also, um, you know, we've been talking about the 135 pound men's division that really is it's just been growing and growing and the talent level is just you know off the charts now so you know it could be one of those two, two divisions we haven't really decided yet but um you know we'll probably figure that sometime after thanksgiving and also uh like benson anderson moved up to 170 uh you notice the size difference there uh would you be open to a 165 pound division like i know other promotions are opposed to that would you be uh open to it you know what? I tell you, uh, it's not that I would not be opposed to it. My thing is, if we do it, I think all the organizations have to do it together. I think the commissions, everybody has to get on the same page. So you'd need a lot of people getting on the same page because it really, I think it really works the way it is right now. And and that's kind of been, you know, and when I think about boxing, when I grew up, it was kind of like that as well. I mean, they had, you know, 145, they had one, I mean, sorry, they had like 132, then they had you know, 142 and then 155. I mean, they didn't have as many weight classes as they do today. And I think it makes it a little bit, you know, complicated and, and uh, hard to follow. So I think in boxing now they have every three or four pounds. It's, it's almost, it seems like a different weight class. But, you know, if we all got together as, let's say, a, a sport of MMA and we all could get on the same page, because I, I really think that's that's the way it would need to be done. Donna? Hi, Scott. Uh, you're lucky you don't have to hand out performance of the night's bonus, right? Because there was not one bad uh, bad fight on this card. I guess maybe Jaleel Willis, Mark Leminger wasn't exactly Hagler Hearns, but otherwise, every single fight tonight delivered. Yeah, listen, I think from top to bottom, we had some entertaining fights, and it just kind of led up to and had a big crescendo at the end. And, um, and last week, we had another great fight card, and the week before was great. I mean, I think we've been producing consistent big big fights here at the uh Mohegan Sun and uh and and I think CBS Sports is very happy with with what we're doing here and uh you know people could could watch the fights and it, it's live and free and we got the cbssports.com uh, airing the prelims as well as the uh, Bellator YouTube channel leading into the CBS Sports uh network um you know for the big fights and it's working so to me, I'm very happy with uh, with what we're doing here. I think the fight quality has been superb, outstanding. It's just been unbelievable. And uh, I'm excited. I'm really excited about getting that next uh, semifinals together quickly, putting that fight in the cage as soon as possible, and then having the, the finals and giving away that million dollars to the winner of the tournament. I've asked you this question before, and I'm sure the answer hasn't changed a great deal, but... Uh... This, this Cyborg and Katie Taylor fight is, the talk seemed to be heating up a small bit. Eddie Hearn has, has been saying your name a little bit. Obviously, Katie had an unbelievable performance last week in, in, a, in a historic night at Wembley Arena. Have you had any more 
uh, discussions anymore reaching out from, from Eddie Hearn? You know what? Uh, I haven't talked to him since the last time. Uh, we, we were talking about, you know, three or four weeks ago and uh, going back and forth. Listen, like I said, why does it always have to be, you know, the uh, MMA fighter going to become a boxer? Why can't it be the other way around? That's one. But in saying that, if Cyborg really wants to fight her and she wants to go into boxing and, 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 and win a title and she wants to fight Katie, listen, we'll step aside and we'll let her get it on. But that's going to be up to her. So there's been, there hasn't been any further discussions. I think that we'll probably pick it up with Cyborg sometime after Thanksgiving and then we'll figure it out. But, um, you know, we're, we're, we're not going to be the person stopping that fight from happening. We'll take a couple more. Jay. Thanks very much, uh, <clears throat> Scott. Great event tonight. A um, couple of quick ones from me. We spoke to Pitbull recently about his plans for the lightweight belt, and he basically said he'd have to check with the boss. Uh, that being you, have you had that conversation with him? Do you have a direction that you're leaning in? You know what? Um, because he is in the tournament, it's you know we kind of had to have, have we've, had, we've had to hit the pause button a little bit because you know before COVID hit in March this tournament should have already been over and he should have been defending his lightweight belt by now. Right. So that that's, that's unfortunate because, you know, it's just something beyond our control. And, um, it, you know, we just had a big, big moment of eight months of really nothing to do with the tournament and we just put it on pause. So when I think about well, what could have happened, we, we got, you know, it's the, this fight could have already happened, but, um, as far as getting Pitbull in there defending his lightweight belt, I think the tournament should finish, and then we'll let him go. In the meantime, we're going to keep signing new fighters. We're going to keep uh, getting some free agents involved if, uh, when they're available, and we're going to keep building that 155-pound weight class. And you know, we're going to get some guys to uh, throw it down for Pitbull. I did. I did get a message from his um, his manager and said, you know, that uh, if his brother was in a title fight contention at some point in the fight or in, his, in, in the next, you know, several months as he's, um, you know, getting ready to compete again, the um, pit bull would step aside at some point maybe, or he would consider it because he's not going to want to fight his brother for the title. So if, if his brother is, you know, winning and looking good and getting ready for a title fight, I think the pit bull brothers have a decision to make at that point. And, uh, you know, does that change your thought process in terms of an interim title? If the featherweight uh, Grand Prix maybe stretches on a little uh, longer than planned, maybe there's an injury, at what point do you consider that? You know, I'll tell you, I don't think so. I don't think right now at this point when you're talking about November and the fight could be here in late March, I don't, I don't think that it, it, it puts a pause uh, in there and an interim title. I think that, you know, let's just finish this tournament, let's, let's get it done, and then Pitbull will have a decision to make. Last one, Santiago. Hi, Scott. Greetings from Amsterdam and congratulations on a beautiful night of fights. A couple of quick ones for me. I heard you openly speak about wanting to come to Amsterdam and put a big fight here. What is it about Amsterdam that is so appealing to you? I mean, when you think about the history of martial arts combat, right? Uh, some of the greatest fighters, at least in the striking part, some of the greatest fighters... If not, I would say 80% of them were all Dutch. So the, the Dutch understand, you know, the combat of, of martial arts. And I think they respect martial arts. And uh, even our Viacom counterpart there, 
he loves he loves kickboxing he loves mma he trains himself and uh he's a top executive at, at Viacom. and and um you know i first time i had lunch with him he had a black eye and uh, he told me he does muay thai at the gym and and he spars all the guys and i mean it's just part of the culture there um and you know amsterdam has not had a mma fight for a long time and i think that we should be the one to do it and i think we have the roster to to uh to bring there i mean i think we got you know gay guards there and we have a bunch of great fighters and talent support from viacom there